ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम माय बाउ टू द लॉर्ड वसुदेवा वी बीन टॉकिंग अबाउट द रिलेशनशिप ऑफ कृष्ण टू अर्जुन द गुरु एंड द डिसाइपल or god within the within the devaki and uh, um the devaki's ego consciousness <clears throat> yogananda insisted that it was god because the guru is really only the expression of god outwardly finally the guru has to be your own higher self and what i found with the guru was that he always taught um my guru um always taught from our own higher consciousness it was as if what my higher self would have said to me at that time it was an amazing thing because he taught each person differently according to the understanding according to the nature of that person but the ego is a temporary veil you might say over who you really are and most people will tell you i don't want anybody telling me what to do somebody said to me do i need a guru i said no of course you don't need a guru you go on do it your own way as you long as you like to but i said this that once you know that you want to find god once you know how far it is before you can ever think of becoming one with him how much you have to come and what a struggle it is to perfect yourself then you will need a guru there was a young boy who came to a guru in india and asked to be accepted and the guru took him down to a river and held his head under water and the boy was struggling and struggling and finally the guru let him up and oh, the boy was gasping for air and the guru said what did you want more than anything else when you were under water he said air air the guru said when you want god that badly come back and only those are fit to have a guru and you've got to be worthy of it but the worthiness doesn't mean you're more intelligent more talented nothing of that the worthiness simply means that you realize how desperately you need help when you know that then you open yourself to god but until then the ego is a very hard thing to overcome because it's the center of everything we know of is ourselves i'm the one who's eating i'm the one who's sleeping i'm the one who's enjoying things i'm the one who's doing everything i am and i'm different from you this is what the ego says but it's not the truth the more you can get rid of that thought and this is what all the scriptures said when jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive there's a meaning to that blessed means blissful you feel more bliss when you give to other people than when you take from them why because the more you can expand your ego the more fulfilled you are the more your ego shrinks in upon yourself the more unfulfilled you are to find fulfillment get rid of this thought of i i find that in not feeling that i'm the doer you know when i was a young man i wanted to be a playwright and a poet this was my ambition everybody's got something this was mine and i wanted to help people to know the truth but the trouble was i i realized that i didn't know the truth and i wasn't going to pull people's pull the wool over people's eyes by pretending i knew something many people do that i read a book by dane rudyard and uh, 
He, a whole paragraph, I could not figure out what the man was saying. People will try to bluff their readers or their listeners by uh, saying something so obscure that they think, boy, it must be, must be very deep. I don't understand a word of it. Well, I wasn't going to buy that argument. I wasn't going to buy into that temptation. And when I knew that I didn't know the truth and realized that I, I would only be sharing my ignorance with other people, I gave up all thought of writing. I decided that I'll, uh, there's no point in flooding the world with my ignorance. And then I was thinking how to find truth, how to find truth. And I came upon a little section of the Bhagavad Gita that said, if you want to know me, go to a solitary place and meditate on me. And I thought, that's for me. But I tried it and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to meditate. I didn't know. Um, uh, I was sitting on my bed, sort of cross-legged and cross-eyed, not getting anywhere. And then I came upon Autobiography of a Yogi. It was the most extraordinary experience of my life. It was also a divine blessing. Mind you, God listens to us. He heeds our needs. I, I didn't know anything of the Indian teaching. And... I had never read any of the scriptures, the Shastras, the Upanishads, nothing. I didn't know anything about the Gita, nothing. And when I read Autobiography of a Yogi, that convinced me that was, what, that was for me. But the decision was so sudden and so complete and so different from anything I had ever done before. It, was a, it needed a special blessing too. And the blessing in my case was this, that my father was sent to Egypt as the exploration manager for Esso, and my mother was to join him, and I put her on the ship to join him, and the very day that I put her on that ship was when I went uptown New York and discovered Autobiography of a Yogi. That book was the most, as I said, the extraordinary experience. I took the next bus across the country and met Yogananda, and the first words I said to him were words I never imagined saying to anybody. I want to be your disciple. That was nearly 61 years ago, and I've never changed my mind for a second since then. Because I have seen that through attunement with him, I've been able to do so much better, even in an egoic way, because it's not my ego that's doing it. I've written this music, and people say, oh, what beautiful music. I said, he's the doer, I'm not. One time after a lecture, somebody said to me, oh, what a wonderful lecture. I said, God is the doer. And she said, oh, really? As if to say, I knew it was good. I didn't know it was that good. But I didn't mean it that way. I meant he's, he's the one who's doing everything. He breathes through you. He thinks through you. He walks through you. And as long as you're thinking you're doing it, you can stumble. But if you allow him to work through you, and if you feel him activating you, you the more you can surrender your self-consciousness to him, the more you find that this little self can accomplish in the world. And so, although we think that I don't want to give up my ego, in the end you discover the only fulfillment you will ever have is through giving that ego up. There's such freedom in it. The purpose of the guru is not to bind you to him, it's to free you from the thought of, I want this, I'm bound by that, I have that attachment, free you from everything that holds you down to pettiness. Ego, I might say, is the source of all suffering. 
and Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita fulfills a great need of the devotee by giving him the power to become a son of God. And all the teaching in the Bhagavad Gita, it's teaching, yes, but there's much more involved there. And the wonderful thing about the Gita is, when I was, I'll break that subject just for a second. When Yogananda, when I met Yogananda, I, he asked me how I liked his book. I said, it was wonderful, sir. And he answered, that's because it has my vibration in it. Vibration, I didn't know what that word meant. But that's what the, the great scriptures have. That's what the, what the Gita has. You know, Melarapa was a Tibetan uh, a great yogi, but he was first a black magician. And he had on his shelf books of black magic as well as spiritual books when he met his guru, Guru Marpa. And Guru Marpa told him to burn those books. He could see from their aura that they were evil. And so it is that the very aura of a great scripture like the Bhagavad Gita, it is it's purifying, it's uplifting. And the vibrations of the dialogue between Krishna and Arjuna are so lofty and so exalted that really it'll change your life. I find myself weeping when I think of them sometimes. So join me in this great adventure of studying the Bhagavad Gita. Next week we will begin, or next talk, we will begin um, with the first stanza of the Gita. Joy to you.